Twas the night before game day. So Packers fans gather around because this is pulse of the pack and it's about to go down. This is Pulse of the Pack. There's Fletcher. Down he goes. And there's Reggie White. White. And that's that Huff move. Reggie's coming again. That's Reggie White. Yep. Reggie White's going to take over this game right now. Right, begins the count. Takes the snap. He has the quarterback. He's in the touchdown of the Packers around his left. It's the night before game day, guys. We made it. Packers Vikings is tomorrow. Football is here. No more waiting. No more wondering who can do what, what can do who, who can help the team, who can do everything for these teams. It's here. The Packers will play the Vikings tomorrow at the Bird Box U.S. Bank Stadium. I am Jacob Westendorf. I am your host. I am live from the Game on Wisconsin Studios. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Jason Perrone. Jason, how are we today? I'm good. I'm in, I'm in the way of the glory mm. shot here. You guys see this? Yeah, that's going to happen a lot tomorrow. So I think that... I want everyone uh, to get familiar with that, you know? Although I will, I will say this. If Aaron Rodgers was uh, looking to throw a pass to Kenny Clark, he would throw a pass to Kenny Clark because he can see Kirk Cousins' nameplate. So... That would uh, constitute an open receiver. You know, it's funny. That intro, the Favre to Freeman thing, um, he was not open on that play. <laughs> and, no. and that reminded me of all the times that Favre threw that ball and it did not end as well. In fact, I think he threw one similar at the end of the Eagles game in 03 after all the disastrous things happened in 4th and 26 and all that other kind of stuff too. And it didn't end that same way. But that guy, was he was magical. He was magical, but... Still Aaron Rodgers time, man. I think he's gonna he's gonna come out hot. So I'm excited, man. Welcome to welcome to the 2020 season, brother. It's good to be doing yeah. this. This is our sixth season together. Yeah, that it is. And uh hopefully it ends better than any of the other seasons have. We've never uh, ended in championship glory, as we've mentioned several times before. So it's good to be it's good to be here, it's good to be back, it's good to have football on the horizon. So let's see what's on the what's on the menu today. First and foremost, we got game day tomorrow, like I mentioned in we have a few things that have broken today as far as news, and that is we have a few running back extensions that have broken today. Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints gets a big extension shortly before that. Our rivals to the north, uh, Purple, Dalvin Cook got a big extension, and then that led me to wonder whether or not an Aaron Jones extension is on the horizon. And as of right now, we are live here at 5 o'clock Central time the night before the game. Aaron Jones has landed in minnesota he's got a sombrero he's got the sunglasses on the lights are not too bright for him in minnesota as anthony barr friend of the green bay packers has found out uh, several times before that his led the lights are not too bright 
for Mr. Jones, but it leads me to wonder whether or not there's an extension on the horizon. Mr. Jones said earlier this week that him and his agent are talking or the agent, his agent and the Packers are talking, excuse me, that'll work out, work itself out. And the, he's just going to focus on playing football, which leads me to wonder, Jason, I've said this before, I think, and I said this after Kenny Clark got signed, I think Aaron Jones is the next Packer to get an extension. And I still believe there's way too much smoke not to be fire. Now that's maybe not necessarily the way that I would do things. Uh, but I think that's the way that it seems to be trending, which leads me to my question for you is that, is that the way that you feel now? And has anything happened in the last couple of weeks, I guess, to change your thoughts on where the Packers might be heading in terms of new potential contracts? Well, today, I don't know if it's going to make Aaron Jones agent want to change his tone a little bit with the Packers, but that's the only deal we've heard of them talking about. And we've said before when there were there's smoke, there's fire. The team's talking, I'm talking about it. The players talking about it. Chances are there's something that's going to happen and it's going to actually happen. Rarely does it break down and not, not actually go through, but I, it, it makes me nervous a little bit because you look at the Dalvin cook deal, especially because he's had some injuries too. And if that's the going rate for Dalvin Cook, I mean, Aaron Jones, to me, has been a lot more productive. So what happens there? Running backs have such a short shelf life. There's really no reason for him financially and for his his himself and his family to take any kind of a discount. So I, I guess I'm a little bit more paused, but I still think that he's he's number one in the in the hopper. And I know that this isn't what we're talking about yet, but I was a little nervous to also hear this past week David Bakhtiari say that there really have not been any meaningful talks yet. And that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in panic mode yet, but he's a guy that uh, I think should, should definitely be next in line after Aaron Jones, if he doesn't somehow leapfrog him. Yeah. Deadline spur action. Right. And I mean, if have the Packers, whenever they've prioritized a, a pending free agent, I can't think of one that they've never, lost, if you will, whenever you've heard about a player that's left in free agency, they've all kind of said the same thing. Well, they've never really reached out. So if that's the case, I think that if you hear that Bakhtiari and his agent have spoken with the Packers, I think at some point a a deal will get done. It just kind of depends between now and then what happens. Now I've said this before, my, my priorities, as far as the free agents would have been Kenny Clark one, David Bakhtiari one a, and everything else after that is gravy. It appears the Packers priorities seem to be a little bit different based on, and there could be a variety of reasons for that. Jones's contract will not be as expensive because he plays a less valuable position than left tackle. So it's a little less complicated. We know that. So that could be a reason why Bakhtiari's deal could be on a, a lower list of the priorities, if you will, for that very reason. Now, I understand that a lot of people and and Twitter is a, is a wonderful tool. It's a great place. And everybody thinks they're a general manager and everybody on there is saying never, ever, ever pay a running back. Well, I understand that thought process. And I understand the thought process of, you know, you can find a running back anywhere. And I've said that before. And Aaron Jones is kind of an example of that. My other thought process is Aaron Jones is really, really good. So if you can find a deal that makes sense, of course you do that. He's a really good player, find a good player and keep them. Owen Reese is one of my friends and he says that to me all the time. You find good players and you keep them. Okay. That makes sense too, doesn't it? Can someone let the Arizona Diamondbacks know that by the way, as the Phoenix representative of this show. Okay. Back to football. Sorry. Right. uh, I'll get right on that. So let me make a couple calls to their (laughs) Yankees fan, the Yankees fan who's yeah. 
Hey, they've started winning again. So I'm, I'm happy again, I guess. But uh, anyways, you know, the one, the one question I guess I have that I would like to hear maybe an answer to, and maybe there is one, maybe there's not is if, if the, the statement is that running backs do not matter. Then the other question I have on the flip side is, is why are there so many complaints then when Aaron Jones is off the field and Jamal Williams is on it? Because you can't really say both of those things. Because if running backs don't matter, then it doesn't matter who's back there. The Packers can use any of those guys. Now, I also understand that, yes, theoretically, the Packers can probably find a really good player in the later rounds, pair him with A.J. Dillon, and probably be just fine as far as their offense goes. But if they can find a deal that makes sense for both sides, the salary cap rises, the Packers have plans, um, you know, whether or not that that makes sense with A.J. Dillon being a second round pick and all of those things. Ultimately, Aaron Jones is a good player. I would rather have a good player on my team than not have a good player on my team. And it's not my job to be a salary cap and a financial guy. And I've said this before on the show. I'll say it a million times. With all due respect to guys like Ken Ingles, he does a fantastic job. Places like Spot Track and all these other places, overthecap.com, I think they do a wonderful job with a lot of different things. The NFL has guys that study the salary cap 24-7, 365. That is their number one job. Those guys understand that thing better than we ever could. And I think that if they think that they can make that work, then they think they can make it work. Now, I will say this. If they extend Aaron Jones and allow David Bakhtiari to walk, if that's the plan, it's not a plan I can get behind. Um, but in any circumstance, I don't understand the idea of letting a a franchise left, taf- bleh, left tackle walk under any circumstance, uh, regardless of who the other free agents are. David Bakhtiari. Unless they're my there. age, then maybe. Well, I mean – Listen, if they're your age and that's a modern miracle that they're still playing in the NFL, I mean, nobody <laughs> has played in the NFL in their mid sixties. So that's impressive that in any other way. So Jason, walk me through it here. What are some of your thoughts on a potential Aaron Jones extension? Because I am already, I don't want to say resigned to the fact, because obviously I think it's a good thing if Aaron Jones can stick around for a few years. Uh, but I'm pretty well resigned for lack of better phrasing to the fact that Aaron Jones is going to be a Packer for longer than just this season. I'm kind of one of those don't pay running backs too much. I'll add too much in there, guys. So I I think you're right. I think he's too valuable to the offense to let him go, but you're probably going to have to shift a little bit here and move some things around. That Now this is where the salary cap is a myth theory gets tested because – if you pay Jones more than you thought you had to because you really need him. And look, one of the defenses that some of those people who want to argue about Jones being off the field, Jake, is probably because of what he's done in the passing game. They're like, well, yeah, he's he's a running back by position, but really him coming off the field takes away a lot of those wrinkles in the passing game. Okay, that's fair. And Aaron Jones, if I'm Aaron Jones and my agent, I'm like, hey, look, I'm a hybrid receiver slash running back. I, you know, I line up here and there. Was it, was it Jimmy, who was, was it Jimmy Graham in Jimmy his Graham. first extension where he tried to, to claim like, Hey, I want to, I'm a wide receiver. I want to, mm-hmm. I want wide receiver money, which listen, having watched him block for the last two seasons, just throwing that <laughs> yeah. out there. So I, um, I want it to happen. I'm a fan of Aaron Jones. I do think the Packers should to find a way to, to bring him back. I'll be very interested. I, I couldn't even begin to throw a number out there at you and, and try to pretend like I know. I have no idea what Aaron Jones is going to be willing to, to do because 
the reality is, is he might say, look, I want to be in Green Bay. I want to play with a good quarterback, a good head coach. I, you know, I, I'm on board with Jordan Love eventually, too. You assume that Jones is going to play long enough that he's going to move into the, the career of, of Jordan Love eventually. But when guys take deals that aren't as big, I don't know what kind of unspoken or what kind of pressure or flack they get from around the league, from the NFLPA, from their player, from their their teammates and all that other kind of stuff. You know, that's none of our business. It's really kind of up to the player. But I just think of all those things. And, and I, I say that to say I'm putting myself in Aaron Jones' shoes. What would I do? I'm going for the money. And if the oh, Packers yeah. and the Packers need to, they need, they do need to draw a line in the sand. And I think because of the guys that you mentioned, Russ Ball, Brian Gutekunst, all those guys that are doing the, the financials, they'll make a wise decision. I'm just really curious to see if what went down today won't change the tenor of what they've talked about already. Yeah. And we're not privy to those conversations. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes and looking ahead too. I mean, we've just talked about David Bakhtiari and Kevin King. I mean, looking ahead too, did you guys see the deal that Deandre Hopkins just got from the air from Jason's favorite team, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. That might mean a thing or two for Mr. Devontae Adams too, as to whether or not the Packers are going to be able to afford to keep him around as well. Devontae so, Adams is already better than Nook. So it's, if you throw that, that in there, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be a big money extension for that as well. Let's let's uh, run through the sand here a little bit. Let's bring the Hoff in here. Kyle, let's jump on in, see what you've got to say on, on some of this Aaron Jones stuff. Welcome, Kyle, everybody. Kyle's our producer, so he's behind the scenes again here. Kyle, just some quick thoughts here on Aaron Jones potentially getting an extension. Again, I think this has kind of jumped into the foray of being, a again, a formality. I think this is going to happen. What are your thoughts on it happening? <clears throat> See, at first, when, when they initially had had drafted uh, A.J. Dillon, my thought process was, well, they're probably going to move on from Aaron Jones after this season. And after listening to what Aaron Jones has said, there's been advanced talks in their in their extension, a potential extension. Now I'm not on board on that anymore. I really do think that at this point right now, Aaron Jones does get extended. But like what you guys have mentioned already, at what cost with um having to re-sign David Bakht- Bakhtiari, like – you can't you can't give Aaron Jones too much money because you're taking away from David Bakhtiari, who I think should be the next priority now, signing after Kenny Clark got his deal a couple of weeks back. So I, I pretty I don't I don't want to you know be boring, but I pretty much got the same exact opinion as as you guys. So well, I will say this: if this is Madden, and I'll be honest, guys, I think we all we all have played Madden, and let's be honest: when you play Madden, you don't turn the salary cap on. Nobody no. keeps the salary cap on when they play Madden because we all want to keep the same players. And when this dude's a big free agent, I don't want to care about signing him. I just want him on my team. All the rest of that stuff, I don't play GM. When I play the game, I want to play the game and I want to have this awesome player on my team. From a Madden standpoint and from an, just a fit standpoint, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are a perfect combination Absolutely. that fit together for each other. And I think that is part of the Packers thinking. Unfortunately, <laughs> this isn't Madden. So that's part of some of the choices. Brian Gutekunst has said it before that the, the priorities haven't changed. Ultimately, it comes down to choices. I just hope that the choice is between, because I can live with the choice of Aaron Jones over Kevin King. And this is with all due respect to Kevin King. I think he's a good player. But if you're just comparing who's a better player between Aaron Jones and Kevin King, you're picking Aaron Jones thinking he's a better player, but Kevin King plays a more valuable position. That would be your reasoning for picking Kevin King if you did. He plays cornerback. That's a more valuable position than Aaron Jones, the running back. Aaron Jones is a great running back. Kevin King is an above average to good cornerback. 
I can live with picking the great running back over the good above average to good cornerback. And that's if King is good and you're betting on his health and all that sort of stuff too. I can live with that. I can't live with picking a good running back over an elite left tackle. I can't live with picking almost anything over an elite left tackle. Like, I mean, if you, if you make the list for me, I build the list as quarterback one left tackle or pass rusher. They're interchangeable at two to me. So I got nothing. And that's before, and that's before you consider who's already on the right side of the offensive line and what the right side of the Packers offensive line looks like. And it's before you consider the fact that it's different if like a few years ago, I not to stir it up, but I mean, what, five years ago, the Packers, David Bakhtiari, when his first contract was expiring, they drafted Jason Spriggs. And that gave them some leverage in a contract negotiation of basically saying, hey, we drafted this kid. We like him. He could be the left tackle of the future. Now, Jason Spriggs didn't pan out. <laughs> the Packers don't have... They don't have anybody like that. Their backup left tackle, I don't even know who it is. Yash Nijman, with Yash. all due respect to him, I mean, yeah. Or, El- or Elton Jenkins in an absolute, you know, crunch. John because- Runyon, I mean, John Runyon played left tackle at Michigan, but I don't, I mean, listen, Michigan fan, John Runyon cannot play left tackle in the NFL. And I know the Packers have had some good luck, and I think that the thought process can kind of be, well, the Packers have had good luck in the mid-rounds, like, that's I. Uh, that's what made Ted Thompson awesome was the fact that he was as good as he was at finding for every guy like Josh Sitton and TJ Lang. There's a million dudes like Cole Madison and Caleb Schlatteroff and just dudes that can't play flat out. So right. no, you can't just draft a franchise left tackle in the fourth round. So hopefully the Packers are able to do that. I'll bring this up real quick. Duke, Think Aaron Jones optimism is good, but could a deal like this open the window for a Rogers exit? Well, first and foremost, I'll leave that up. I apologize. First and foremost, the selection of Jordan love opened that up to say the very (laughs) least. But uh, I think that, yeah, a deal like that could open. I think uh, Gutekunst did a, an exclusive interview with Pete Doherty of the press Gazette. And they said something about, are you spending too much money at one position? And Gutekunst's answer was basically like, that's not an issue. Now you can read into those words and basically think like, is that not an issue because you're not going to have the expensive quarterback around for that long? Is that not an issue? Cause you've already got a plan for that. I don't know. I mean, the other thing I do know is Russ Ball's a wizard. So for all the Russ things Ball that Russ, yeah, Russ Ball magic, man, there's a lot of different things that can go around. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to Kyle then for a little bit. He's going to jump back behind the scenes. His face is made for radio anyways. So that's <laughs> where we're at for all this anyways. So while well, the, the two of us are sitting up here. Well, I mean, listen, I didn't say all of us. We had faces made for radio. Justin backwards asked, extend Jones franchise tag Bakhtiari. The one thing I did notice, Ken Ingles did say that for the Packers to do that, they'd have to clear. Now this is based on an estimation of next year's salary cap. In order to do that, they'd have to clear about $28 million in salary cap space. That's a lot. So, I mean, newsflash, there's great analysis, guys. You can come here for, I got it all week. I got everything for you. By the way, the Packers play football in the NFC North, and I got hard-hitting analysis all week for you guys 16 here. games. So, yeah. 16 games, and seven teams make the playoffs, and the Packers wear green. And, yeah, anyways, um, $28 million is a lot of money. That could mean a lot of different things. I could go through some of that stuff. So I don't know. I did mention, and I said this without looking at the numbers, I did mention that I wondered if signing Kenny Clark when they did a few weeks at the start of training camp, whether or not that would open up 
the possibility of using the franchise tag, which they haven't used. If I remember off the top of my head, I think the last time they used it was on Ryan Pickett. And that was like 10 plus years ago. It's been a while. They don't use it often. And for good reason, it's kind of fiscally irresponsible to use it unless you absolutely need to. Um, so that'll be interesting. That's my thought on the Aaron Jones extension. Jason, we've talked off field enough. There's a football game tomorrow. Yep. And the Packers are going to play the Vikings in the bird box at us bank stadium. And it's the return to the scene of the crime. They clinched the NFC North at this stadium last year with a 23 to 10 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk cousins was running for his life. Jason's got a scene from that game last year. Kenny Clark's Darius Smith just wreaked havoc in the Vikings backfield last year. Aaron Jones clinching touchdown run down the sideline after he was told that the lights were too bright for him. So let's start breaking this thing down. Jason, when the Packers are on offense, the first thing I want to know is for all the talk about the Vikings and their running game and Dalvin cook and how the Packers aren't going to be able to slow him down and blah, 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 blah. Aaron Jones ran for over a hundred yards in both games against the Vikings last year. He averaged more than four yards carry in both games against the Vikings last year. He ran for a buck 50 and two touchdowns last year. Tutties Vince, if you're watching last year against the Vikings. Why is there no discussion about there's so much discussion in the national media and even some of the local media about what the Packers can't do against this Vikings team. Why is there little to no discussion about what they can do against this Vikings team and how, and we'll get to the passing game in a minute, but let's start at the running game and just how I think green Bay has up front. No, Daniel Hunter injured reserve out for at least three weeks. Michael Pierce is the replacement for Linval Joseph. He's out for the season. He opted out due to COVID-19 concerns. Yannick Ngakwe is their prized acquisition from a trade. Not exactly a run defender. The Packers have an advantage up front, I think, in the running game. Why is there no discussion on that specifically? Vegas. Vegas wants more money coming in on the Viking side of things. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, but that's where we should be used to that. Troll the Packers. Don't give them the uh, the love. They get it sometimes, but you know, everyone loves to kind of dish on Aaron Rodgers, and and the, there's more traction to be gained by some of that stuff. And for whatever reason, everybody just seems to kind of forgotten about Aaron Jones, even though Aaron Jones did make the NFL's top 100 players list. In fact, he honored his number and came in at number 33, and he is going to be absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal part of the game plan. That game that he had last season came against a Vikings defense that had all of the players that they did last season. There's a lot of youth, a lot of youth on the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings. Now, you you mentioned all the guys that departed, sneaky departures to Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne. Some of those role players aren't there anymore. Xavier Rhodes, <laughs> he, he might have been good against everyone else. He was never good against Devontae Adams. So, But that defense is young. It's inexperienced. If only the only thing that's going to stop the Packers offense from doing a lot of things that they want to is themselves. And it's week one and it's going to be a little sloppy. There was no practice games and they, they're going to have to use this to find some of their footing. But I think this is where the Packers also benefit because most of their offense coming back are guys that played last season and have been with the team for a while. So you put all those things together and the fact that it's going to be an empty stadium, there'll be noise, but there's not going to be fans in it. 
I just I think that this is a game that really could have been different if the Packers had to play it late in the season this year like they did last year. I think getting it in week one this season, especially with nobody having played games so far, is is another big advantage to the road team. But just look at the spread, Jake. I mean, Minnesota being favored is interesting to me. So there's there's a lot of weird things going on. Yeah, I wondered how Vegas might handicap home field advantage, especially there are some teams. And for those of you that are wondering, at Matt Bow, excuse me, at MBO 500, Team Degenerate, and you guys can check out at GameOnWI.com. He's got his picks for the week and picks against the spread. If you guys want to get rich, check out your gambling lines and he'll be able to help you with some of that stuff. But I did wonder how they would handicap home field advantage because typically the standard is three points for home field advantage. Packers are two and a half point dogs going into Sunday's game against the Vikings. But yeah, I mean, you're right. And it's a perfect transition to the passing game to stick with the running game one more time, just to move forward. You mentioned some of the you know, advantages Green Bay has, and I don't think that it, and it doesn't get talked about because when you play so much gets talked about, excuse me, gets talked about with what the Packers didn't do in the offseason to help their quarterback. And it's kind of like the blessing and the curse. And Bucks fans, not to pour salt in the wound, but you're are you kind of learning and understanding that now of having a great player like that on your team is it's great. You want that great player on your team, obviously. Someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo is it puts so much pressure on everybody else on your team. And those other four guys take the blame for everything. And they get no respect for anything when they are good players. They get blamed and treated like garbage when anything goes well. And the, the player like that gets all the credit when they win. It's very similar with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to get all the credit when the Packers win. It's why all of his receivers, it's why Devontae Adams doesn't get respect on the national level that I feel like he should is because, oh, he plays with Aaron Rodgers. Completely ignores the fact that Devontae Adams shredded when he was with Brett Hundley. Nothing against Brett Hundley, but come on, man. Like that's Brett Hundley. It's not Aaron Rodgers. So that's just kind of how this works. And it's no different with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a great running back. And I don't understand. It doesn't quite work that way with some of the other guys around the league. Like I feel like Alvin Kamara gets national respect. I feel like Michael Thomas gets national respect. He plays with Drew Brees. Like why the difference? I, I don't fully understand. So that's kind of my thought on Aaron Jones. I think that, well, not only that, but in general, when you play with a, a pass happy and the Packers kind of have been their running game under Aaron Rodgers has never really been their strong point. Uh, so that's something that that hasn't necessarily helped in terms of getting some of the national respect with Aaron Jones. So maybe this is the year that something like that happens as he starts to take maybe more of the lead. But I really do. I think that that's somebody, the Packers, I really do. I think there's potential. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks do have the potential to wreck something like this, but I, I just, I don't see it up front for the Vikings. And I know the more this show goes on and you guys are kind of going to see where I, where I think as this goes on, but I'm going to sound more and more like a Homer, but I, I promise you this, that's not the case as this goes, let's go to the passing game. The one thing, obviously this starts with, again, just to stick up front, Yannick Ngakwe, he's going to line up over whoever the Packers line up at right tackle, but Daniil Hunter is not going to be there. And one difference, Jason, from Matt LaFleur with, uh, from Mike McCarthy is that Mike McCarthy would not double opposing rushers. And it didn't matter if he was having the night of his life. And Tyler, you're at Tyler Bivens is asking, what do I think the score will be tomorrow at the Vikings? Well, Tyler stick around for the end of the show. I promise I will tell you. And I think you'll like the answer. Um, well from one of us at least, uh, anyways, 
Mike McCarthy would not, a rusher could have the night of his life, the day of his life. Mike McCarthy was not doubling. He wasn't chipping. He just wasn't doing that. Matt LaFleur will. He'll chip. He'll bring some extra guys in. He'll do some different things to keep those things going. And I think that that's something with whether it's Rick Wagner or Elton Jenkins. I really think those are your only two options that you'll see at right tackle. I know it's been speculated. Zach Jacobson, uh, who smells very, very bad, like expired Mayo. Uh, you can follow him at it's Zachariah J. Has some he, equally bad food takes, by the way, too. Uh, no, those are usually pretty decent. Okay. Is he the boneless wings guy, though? Uh, he he. Well, boneless wings aren't even a thing anymore. Remember that uh, that guy in court basically made boneless wings no longer a term. So they're nuggets. That's true. Yeah, boneless wings are glorified chicken nuggets. But he does <laughs> think he has the correct take on burgers, and that In-N-Out Burger is trash, and that Five Guys is cream of the crop. So he is okay. correct on that. Right. And pineapple does not belong on pizza. So correct. Okay, so I think actually did he think did, did did he come up with a smart Packers take that you're about to share with us though? This is we're really uh, trashing on Zach today, man. I hope he's watching. Love you, Zach. He he has speculated that Lane Taylor could potentially kick out to right tackle because he Oof. has played tackle in a pinch for the Packers before. Okay. So uh, I think that the options are Rick Wagner or um, Elton Jenkins. I hope if that's the case that they go with Rick Wagner and then sign Jared Valdir next week when his contract wouldn't have to be guaranteed. That's my hope. But the reality is if the Packers, the again, I think the only way the Vikings can slow down this Packers offense is if someone like Ngakwe or something with Zimmer's exotic blitz packages just wrecks the game. And you can't let him wreck the game because that is their only pass rusher that they have that is proven. Daniil Hunter is not there, and he is one of the most – I tell you what, Zadarius Smith was snubbed last year. Daniil Hunter was like getting snubbed before Zadarius Smith was even known uh, by us Packers fans. He's one of the best pass rushers in all of football. He's a very, very good player. And he's somebody that was always like down the list. We always talked about Everson Griffin and Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks and Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith and all these guys. And Daniil Hunter has been one of their best players for quite a few years. And he's not there. That's a huge loss for them. I can't even begin to describe it. But what are your thoughts on how the Packers are going to be able – to try and take him away as he tries to make an impact. Cause this isn't the first, this is the second time in three years that an NFC North team has made a big acquisition for a pass rusher and the Packers get him in their first game. And the first time it happened, Khalil Mack had one sack and a pick six. Hopefully there isn't as big of an impact from Ngakwe this time around. Well, consider this. How long do you think it's going to take these receivers to get open against this young secondary now? Because that's going to be probably a bigger factor than, the actual one-on-one -on -one or blocking scheme that they're going to have up front. Devontae Adams separating, Marcos Valdez-Scantling, EQ, whoever's out there, Sternberger. If they're open, quick passes, dink and dunk. You could. I would love to see the Packers dominate the time of possession and just do it with the short pass. And that's the easiest way is one, two, three, throw. That's one thing that Aaron Rodgers, I felt like, could have done a little bit more of last season that I hope he settles into doing this season. Quick throws. Don't give them the opportunity. I mean, how long does it take a really good pass rusher to get to the quarterback? It's at least two seconds. Three seconds two. or less, man. You got to win and you got to win. Zadarius Smith was awesome at that stuff. Ben Fennell says it all the time. You got to win and you got to win now. Three-step drops until you get to the third or fourth quarter when they're gassed or they're tired, and then you can go play action and take a, take a few more chances. But I think that's your biggest win or biggest key right there. I don't think the Vikings defense can keep up with all of Green Bay's pass catchers out of the backfield, all of the different things they're going to do. Are we going to see some Josiah, DeGuara? I'm excited to see some of these new guys in Packers uniforms. Normally we get a preview of what they look like during the preseason. We didn't get that this year. So that's what I think 
it will be. I'm not as worried about it. I mean, sure, you could even throw Mercedes Lewis out there to help chip and, and do some of those things, go with some more two tight end sets. I, the Packers just have a ton of a ton of op- opportunities there. And and um, and like you said, too, Ngakwe is not a big run defender either. So it's it's very one-dimensional. I think when a player is one-dimensional like that, it's going to be a lot easier for the Packers to figure out what they want to do with them. That it could be. So that's that's kind of the big one right there as far as just trying to find that balance and keeping him from, like you said, wrecking the game. And the Packers have pass rushers that can wreck games. So we know exactly what that looks like on that side of things. But in the passing game, there's opportunities. The Vikings have a safety tandem that is as good as it gets. Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith's a Hall of Fame level talent. Anthony Harris is one of the best players at his position that really nobody talks about, and it's because he plays with Harrison Smith, and it takes a while, especially at that position, to kind of get your name known, especially if you don't have that kind of those sexy numbers, and he didn't have a ton of interceptions, I guess. It's not like he you know, led the league in picks or anything like that a year ago, so he's a very good player at that position as well. The cornerback position, you've got some turnover there, though. Xavier Rhodes gone. Trey Wayne's gone. Mackenzie Alexander gone. Those were their three starters last year, or at least three of their four main contributors last year. Uh, Mike Hughes is going to start. Holton Hill is going to be the other starter. They drafted Jeff Gladney early. They drafted Cameron Dantzler early. That's a lot of youth, and the Packers have this guy named Devontae Adams. He's pretty good. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, Alan Lazard is going to be the team's second wide receiver. Even if... You're not that high on him. You have to like his matchup against somebody that's making one of their first starts or their first start in the case of someone like Gladney or Dantzler would be if they choose to start those guys. There's plenty if, you're of still op- not, if you're still not convinced, go back and watch how he played against an elite cornerback who wasn't probably playing with a lot of intent for the Detroit Lions in Week 17 last year, and that was Darius Slay. There's opportunities in the passing game is what I'm boiling this down to, and especially if there's time to throw. I just think there's so many different things that the Packers are going to be able to do to try and exploit this secondary. Again, Mike Zimmer is going to have to coach his ass off to try and disguise things and get things through. And I, the Packers again, and we'll get to this when we get to the defensive side of things, but on offense, they have the advantage at quarterback, duh, Aaron Rodgers. I think they can protect the quarterback and in the secondary they don't have any. They couldn't guard Devontae Adams last year, which I think is a large part of the reason they are kind of rotating through some of those guys at cornerback. But I haven't seen anybody that they have now that can cover Devontae. So, with that in mind, Jason, can they cover Devontae? Nope. Devontae Adams is going to have a okay, day. Okay. So how? Are, okay. So how are they going to stop the Packers' passing game? No, they're not. That's what kind of what I was saying. Is if they, especially if they perfect the, the quick pass. Forget it, man. Pick your poison. Aaron Rodgers is going to have all of his options available to him. I just, Mike Hughes is a good corner, but he's coming back off of an injury. A lot of youth. And at that position, a position of such great value that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Kevin King, the Vikings are absolutely rolling the dice. You want to know how the Vikings are going to stop the Packers passing game. I want to know how so many people think the Vikings are going to win more than 10 games and win the the NFC North. That's that's what I'd like to know. I'd be really curious. Listen, they're a good football team. And they're they're going to be in the conversation, but I, I that's what I'd like to know. They they just have so much youth and so much to replace from what they were doing before that I don't I just don't I don't get it. Neither do I. So <laughs> silence. <laughs> that's offense. And now let's go to the defensive side of the ball. 
And with the Packers on defense, it starts up front because that's where it starts for the Packers. They're the biggest strength, I think, on their team is their front. And if they have a front four of the Super Smith brothers, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, then you have Kenny Clark pictured behind here. And then you have Rashawn Gary and, excuse me, Rashawn Gary, my son, who hangs out with us. I, that could potentially be as good as any foursome in the entire NFL if Rashawn Gary takes the step it appears he's taken in training camp. Now, granted, training camp is just training camp. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything until it's proven on the field. But if he proves it on the field, that's a scary group for this Packers team. And against this Vikings team last year with a group that largely included a Kenny Clark that was hobbled until the end of the season and Zadarius and Preston Smith and really nothing from Rashawn Gary, with all due respect, the Vikings couldn't block them. Jason, what has changed? Nothing. Rashawn Gary's in great shape and he's tearing everybody apart in practice. So good luck. Absolutely good luck to the Vikings. Man, that that front is going to be motivated Darius Preston, everybody. I mean, it's. I'm hoping to. Gosh, I, I might have to. I might have to surprise you at the end of the show. I, I know it's in writing, but I might have. I don't know. This this conversation is kind of making me feel a little dumb. For those of you who aren't exactly sure what I'm talking about, you should know if you watched our season season preview show last week. If you haven't, shame on you. Go back and watch it. You have not done your homework. I. It, it's just I. And, and you haven't even talked about the other schematic things that the Packers can do. One thing that I'm looking forward to seeing is what Mike Pettin is going to do with his safeties in terms of getting after the passer. Raven Green hopefully can play. He's questionable, but I think he's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's got a decent chance to play because there's no probable designation anymore. So he's listed as questionable. Darnell Savage. Would I love to see Darnell Savage go full Leroy Butler and, and grab two or three key sacks this season? Absolutely. I mean, that that that's you we're just talking about the front, you know, but I'm I'm talking about the entire defense here. And if the Packers build any kind of an early lead, they're gonna have so much, so much in their arsenal that they can turn to, you know, good luck is all I can say to Minnesota's offense. Yeah, this team's definitely built to get ahead and then get after the quarterback. And if they can do that. Man, like you said, good luck because if if Z and Preston can smell blood and then you've got guys like Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki, who they said has taken a step, and some of the blitzes they can do with Christian Kirksey and Adrian Amos was good at that last year and Jair Alexander and uh, Chandon Sullivan's been good at that when he's been asked to. And just there's so many different things Mike Patton can do if they're able to get ahead. Now, the ground game is a concern. Packers still haven't. They didn't do a ton to improve that, I should say. They signed Dalen Mack to their practice squad earlier this week, but he's on their practice squad. He won't play tomorrow. Uh, they have Christian Kirksey brought in, and that's really it as far as what they've done to, you know, quote-unquote fix that. They said they've changed some things schematically to try and improve their run defense. How much that matters remains to be seen. Now, if the Vikings can club them over the head with their running game, yeah, that's something that they could do to kind of keep that game in their favor. Uh, but last year, they really didn't do that. Dalvin Cook had one huge run. And other than that, they really kept things relatively sensible. It was about four yards a carry in the one game they played. Their second game that they played against each other, Dalvin Cook didn't play. Alexander Madison didn't play, and it was kind of a wash. Uh, But the Packers really held their own in the ground game that particular evening, and they just dominated defensively that night. In the secondary, 
Jair Alexander and Kevin King are entering their season together. Shannon Sullivan is going to be the starting nickel cornerback. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos are obviously still around. Stephon Diggs is not, and Stephon Diggs has played very well against the Packers. Adam Thielen has had some moments, but Diggs has performed better of the two players, specifically against Green Bay. I wonder if you're going to see Alexander shadowing uh, with um, Thielen as they go through things tomorrow. And this is kind of my thing is the Packers do have some questions on defense. And as far as the passing game goes, the nickel cornerback position is one of them. I just don't know if the Vikings have the ability to exploit it because Ola BC Johnson isn't somebody that's going to strike fear in the opponents. So if that's the case, you don't have to worry too, too much about that. And Justin Jefferson's a rookie who missed some time this training camp because he started training camp on the COVID-19 list. So that's development time he missed. And I love Justin Jefferson. I thought he was the guy to fit this Packers offense during the draft. I would have banged the drum if they had traded up for him. I'd have been completely on board with that. Didn't happen. Uh, so obviously Minnesota got him. I wasn't very happy when that happened, but it did. And that's where things stand at the moment. That being said, I think this is going to be a year where it might take a while for some rookies to make an impact. And especially at a position that requires some nuance like receiver does. So the Vikings are asking a rookie to step in and be their number two receiver right away. Now they do still have Kyle Rudolph who typically plays well against the Packers. Jason will tell you all about that. Irv Smith jr. Somebody that the Packers, uh, Packers fans, I should say, really liked as a tight end that they could have potentially drafted. And the Vikings, I think, could do some stuff with that double tight set and potentially try and run the ball and maybe the illusion of complexity type stuff that they could do out of a two tight set with running the ball and passing the ball out of running formations. But overall, I think this secondary is set up to hold their own against this Vikings passing game as well, even if their rush is not able to get home. Jason, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll just say this. The, my whole take, a lot of my previous like branding takes have changed because Matt LaFleur has come in and, and some of that I think was just uh, issues I had with Mike McCarthy. So like his teams just couldn't seem to figure out how to defend the obvious. And that was always frustrating to me. I think back to 2018, the disastrous 2018 season, look at the Washington game, Vernon Davis and Adrian Peterson should not have been going off against the Packers, but this is a different vibe. This is a different team. And I don't, I don't think Kyle Rudolph is going to do what he might have done in the past or Jason Witten or all those types of guys. I, I think that the secondary has adopted the swagger of the defense up front, and I think they're going to be good until I see differently. I think, they, I think they're okay with Shannon Sullivan at nickel, and the corners are going to be just fine as long as everybody stays healthy. Now, will Minnesota have an opportunity to make a play or two? Kevin King's been known to give up, give up some plays here and there. I think Minnesota is going to try to take a shot early to get up sooner than later and at least create a, you know, a back and forth contest for Green Bay. The last thing they want is to be down two quick scores because the Packers can make that happen very quickly. So I think Minnesota is going to try to take some chances early. They'll probably try to pick on Sullivan or Kevin King and maybe just, just try to surprise and sneak one in there. You know, you mentioned some of these rookie receivers and how nobody's really going to be too terrified about them. I have to wonder if podcasts and all this stuff was as popular back then as it is now, what we would have been saying about a young rookie receiver named Randy Moss and whether or not he was going to give yeah. the Packers any trouble in week one. Not that, you know, not that Johnson is Randy Moss, but, you know, I never, never take him lightly. And I, I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think, but 
the Packers just stack up so well in, in every area. And even where they don't, they've got other areas to mitigate it. I mean, on the flip side, I said if short passes on offense, on defense, if Kirk Cousins only has that, what did I say, two and a half seconds to make a decision, not the greatest quarterback under pressure necessarily. I, I think the Packers could could uh, could cause some turnovers. So when I'm doing my game recap tomorrow, the first one I'll be doing for Game On Wisconsin, hopefully there's a lot of members of the secondary on it when everything is all said and done. That there could be, and I hope there is. So that's kind of my thought too, is I think that, you know, to use Kirk's own phrasing, I guess about himself, if he dies, he dies. So <laughs> it's kind of my thinking. So let's go real quick. Just kind of some rapid fire here as we're running a little long on time, I suppose, but Hey, it's, you know, it's game day tomorrow and we're excited. What's green Bay's biggest advantage going into tomorrow, Jason, Aaron, Charles Rogers okay. still is you know, to say what you will about the decline, all that other stuff, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback is going to be a huge difference, especially on the road. I, I just, the quarterback situation, it hasn't changed. If you want to look at a matchup and who's going to win, look at the quarterback situation. You could make arguments for the exception. For example, Thursday night, that was a great quarterback matchup. That's one of the best, that hopefully that's what the best quarterback matchup we're going to see for the next five or six years in the NFL. Deshaun Watson against Patrick Mahomes, right? You could free Deshaun. You, yeah, you could toss up who you, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. When he signed his deal, my my dream of, of Deshaun Watson coming to Green Bay kind of died a little bit there, but you never know. The NFL is a funny business, but it's it's Aaron Rodgers. And until I, I see differently, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that. Despite all, I mean, you could you could name anything, but to me, I got to take that shot at Kirk anytime I can. It's he he is not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, my, the biggest advantage the Packers have, I said it earlier, they couldn't block our guys last year. They can't now, and I have no reason to believe that they can. I think the Packers' pass rush has gotten better. And if the Packers pass rush has gotten better from what it was a year ago, that's scary for the rest of the league. Cause really the league couldn't block the Packers pass rush a year ago. So if the league couldn't block us a year ago and they can't block them now with an ad of the Packers coaches were saying, they think Kenny Clark has gotten better as a pass rusher. That's scary for the rest of the league. Then you add in Rashawn Gary, an athlete with limitless potential, a ceiling that does not exist. That's a huge deal. Again, Kingsley Kiki, Christian Kirksey's a faster player if he can stay healthy. Again, this pass rush is a huge advantage over a Vikings offensive line that I don't think is very good, and they didn't do a whole lot to address it. So that's what I think their biggest advantage is. Obviously, they're a professional football team. They're paid to play professional football. They have their things as well. What has you worried going into this matchup? Uh, I think the rust, the rust factor, and maybe not coming out as fast as, as they want to. And if the Packers get down early, they don't play as well from behind. That's that's only my, my biggest concern. I don't think there's any areas like, for example, the right side of the line. Let's we've beaten it to death. I don't think that's going to be an issue because I think they'll find ways to mitigate it. So I, I'm not going to say that. And I just don't think that there's any major areas of concern on this team yet. So for me, I think it's just going to be not having played football in a meaningful game up until this point and with some of those guys together. Yeah, I am going to, the right side of the offensive line worries me just because it's, it's two new. Well, it's two new starters. Billy Turner's not going to play tomorrow and it's either Rick Wagner or Elton Jenkins or Lane Taylor, or, you know, however, they, however they do it. It's not Brian Balaga. And like I said, there is potential for someone like Yannick and Gogway to wreck a game like that. So that worries me. And Mike Zimmer is a really good coach. He's got a really good way of being able to scheme some stuff up like that. And, you know, a road game early and in, in a weird season, week one is kind of weird anyways. That has me a little bit worried. Uh, I think that the Packers can do enough to slow down Dalvin Cook. And realistically, 
as long as you don't get railroaded in the running game, like you did again, like if, if you can limit it to just not San Francisco, then it just isn't going to matter that much. Although, Hey, so, our, 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 our hopeful future friend of the show, James Jones made an interesting pick of the Packers against the Niners on even on a short week this season. Did he? Okay. That's interesting. I haven't caught that yet, but okay. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing he picked green Bay to win that one. He did. Yeah, good for him. So yeah, absolutely okay, hopefully, did. hopefully he's right. If that's the case, but as long as you don't do that, then it doesn't matter if the Vikings run the ball all that well, it's just, I can't say that that's something that's going to keep me awake unless, again, if Dalvin Cook runs for 225 yards and they don't have to throw the ball, then, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But if Green Bay can at least force some issues to where the Vikings have to throw the ball, I think the Packers can cause enough problems that way. So that's not going to worry. It's pick time. Jason, Packers-Vikings, it's noon. It's U.S. Bank Stadium. It's the season opener division rivalry game again for – a at least the third year in a row of the Packers. I can't think as far back to uh, 2017, they opened against Seattle. So third year in a row, they've opened against a division rival. Simply put who you got. Well, if it matters for a little bit of breaking news. So the Packers have two extra roster spots to fill on game day this year. And so I am seeing that they have promoted Chris Barnes as well as Tipa Galea and John Lovett to the active roster for week one. So Galea and Lovett are your 54th and 55th guys. Chris Barnes is uh, taking the place of someone or an open roster spot that had not been filled. So just wanted to note that. I don't think either of those three are going to play uh, play a huge role on offense or defense, but maybe on special teams. Uh, I picked the Vikings in the season preview show a week ago, and I guess I'll stick with that pick just simply because it's a weird week, week one. I don't have any any reason to go with that pick. But after I said my brand had changed, and here it is not changing. So I don't think it's going to be because Kirk Cousins outduels Aaron Rodgers. I think it could just be some simple mistakes that the the Packers make, and maybe they beat themselves a little bit because, like I said, in every area, they've they seem to be the Packers seem to be the better team. So yeah, I got Vikings in a little bit, maybe not even 24, 20 anymore, but uh, we'll go, we'll go Vikings somehow to eke it out, but it's week one. So the Packers have 16 other weeks to figure it out. Kyle, come back. <laughs> I'll let you go second. I'm a gentleman. So you added your little okay. pick in here. So tell us who's going to win and why. So I have the Packers winning 27, 17. Um, I think, you know, you can really simplify this game down to the point where I think who controls the, the time of possession for the majority of the game because that's, that's going to be the team that controls the run game. And I think the team who controls the run game wins the game. And based on what I've heard between you guys and based on my own personal opinions, I think it's the Packers who do it just because of how, you know, multidimensional this offense can be with, you know, you got Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, you throw in Tyler Irvin too, if you really want to. And that's what I got. And I think this, the pass rush is going to be too much for Kirk Cousins and, uh, to take a, a line from Anthony Barr, I think the lights are going to be too bright for Kirk Cousins. So there you go. All right. I'm going to ask you guys individually. Can they block our guys? No. No. Okay. Nope. Not going to win up front. Can they cover Devontae Adams? Nope. Do they have enough pass rushers to wreck the game on the other side up front? Uh, not really. I don't think no. so. Um, can they... I already asked if they can cover Devontae. Do they have an advantage at quarterback? Nope. Nope. Okay, so the Packers have an advantage at quarterback, pass rush, pass coverage. 
Can they stop our running game? You know, I would think they're going to have trouble doing that too. Cause like I said, Ngakwe is not a, not a run defender. He's a pass. Okay. Runner. So why the hell is this game going to be close? You tell me what matchup Minnesota has. I've Not heard all really. week. Listen, Packers fans, you guys are great people. You guys are awesome. You guys have been ladies and gentlemen all week to these purple pansies as to why this game is <laughs> going to be close. Right here. It's not. <laughs> we are going to go to Minnesota tomorrow, and it is going to be an ass kicking. Green Bay turned the ball over three times last year in that dump. And they won 23 to 10. They tried to hand the game to the Vikings on a silver platter and they wouldn't do it. Green Bay 31, Vikings 10. As Jacob gives his prediction, everybody, Mrs. Westendorf pops into the chat with her own prediction after Jake says it's going to be a blowout. Mrs. Westendorf says Packers, but by one. No, no. (laughs) Listen, the Packers are better. Their offensive line is better. Their defensive line is better than their offensive line. The Packers quarterback is better than their secondary. The Packers secondary is better than their quarterback and their receivers. The Vikings have no discernible advantage that matters. There is zero reason Green Bay should lose this game. There is zero reason this game should. And the home field advantage doesn't even really matter. Yeah, we don't know how much it's going to play a a factor this season. My mom's changed her mind now. She now says 35-12. Oh, now she's going the complete opposite direction. (laughs) All right, so there you go. I I am nothing if not convincing. So There you go. There you have it, guys. This game is not going to be close. If the Packers play a B-plus game, they should win, and they should win big. And if you want to know how the rest of the team sees it, we've got a post going up at Game on Wisconsin tomorrow, Sunday morning, before the game, if you want to see how it shakes out in the minds and the hearts of the rest of our squad. And speaking of tomorrow, we've got a big, big day planned for you for game day starting at 10 a.m. If you are a fantasy football fan, we have Game on Fantasy. That is Tyler Grezegorek and Gage Bridgeford. They will be answering your fantasy football questions. Got somebody like Cortland Sutton in your lineup? Anything like, is the horn an advantage? No, it's stupid. (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) www.gallerfart.com. Aaron, to you. Thank you. Stupid. I hate that stupid horn. <laughs> 10 a.m. Game on fantasy. Tyler Grezegor at Gage Bridgeford. You got somebody in your guys' lineup that got hurt on Friday or something like that. Need to know who you should start. Ask those guys. They'll be able to answer for you and they'll break everything down. 45 minutes of fantasy goodness. That will lead right into the pre-snap, a pre-game show. Alex Strofe, Jimmy Christensen, and myself breaking down Packers versus Vikings. That will be 11 right until about 15 minutes before kickoff. And then from noon to three, of course, we have the Packers and the Vikings. 20 minutes after that game ends, we will have the post route hosted by Alex Strofe with producer Kyle Hoffenbecker. So he will be there. You guys want to call in and give your guys' thoughts on how the show went. The call is that number right there, 877-878-7683. Call in, give your guys' thoughts, emotions, let it all out, guys. And then at 7.30, Tomorrow night, we have the Game on Wisconsin roundtable discussion. Myself, Jason Perrone, Jimmy Christensen, and we have two special guests from Packer Report, Jacob Morley and Dusty Evely will be joining us, breaking down exactly what happened tomorrow after the Packers kicked the Vikings' ass at U.S. Bank Stadium, which is exactly what's going to happen. And we will bring that for you again starting at 10 a.m. Why be anywhere else other than Game on Wisconsin? We will have those things for you, so check out our Twitter channel, or excuse me, our Twitter handle at GameOnWI that will have every single link for you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining. We look forward to seeing you guys. It's game day tomorrow. Rise up, 
Let's roll. It's Green Bay Packers time. Packers, Vikings. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Go Pack, pack Go. Go.